we want our clients' money to hopefully last till 100, worst case. And I says, well, now, will it last 100? We hope so, but reality is it just gives you an extra buffer. We want you to have some buffer if there's any errors or any unplanned events that pop up that you know could be you know expensive down the line it's going to give you that extra cushion it's time for the retirement reality podcast with the founder of principal preservation services mike koyanen well if you ever listen to the retirement reality podcast you probably heard us talk quite a bit about health and and how we're living longer we want to live longer enjoy retirement Today we want to talk about longevity and maybe the risk around it, you know, because we're having to plan for people living much longer. Um, I know Mike probably works with some older clients, and that probably gets older every single year as he progresses in the business. But there's been so much, you know, so many advancements in health, and companies are investing in the health and wellness of their their employees. So this has become a pretty big part of the retirement planning process, right, Mike? It is. Yeah, we have to talk about. You know longevity, and that's one of the the questions we, you know, I ask in one of some of the early meetings, especially when we're doing Social Security, is tell me how long you know if your parents still alive, how long have uh, have they lived if they're not, you know, what's what's the health situation, what's the typical in your you know uh, lifespan in your genes for males and for females. So we talk about that. We don't walk around with an expiration date, which would make it easier, uh, but sadder, obviously. But it's nice to know kind of really what parents were doing. Now, I've already outlived my dad. I've already outlived my, my grandpa, my dad's side, but they had different lifestyles, you know. So they had, you know, smokers and, you know, drinkers. And, uh, you know, I'm not uh, opposed to having a drink here and there, but I'm not to the point where they were at and just take better care of my health. So um, I expect to live a lot longer. I already have outlived them, and I expect to live you know, a long, full life. Well, we all want to live a long, full life, and that's the goal. Hopefully, you'll have enough money in retirement, and you're planning that way so that you can live as long as possible. But there is a risk around it, and there is some problem with living longer for many people as they are trying to stretch their money as, as far as they can. So we're going to be talking about that today on the show. A uh, reminder, all of our episodes can be found at principalpreservationservices.com. All the information on Mike and his team at Principal Preservation Services is there. But also, you can call their office directly, talk about this longevity risk or anything else that's on your mind. Set up an appointment with them at 855-987-8888. So look, living a long time is not, is not supposed to be a bad thing. And it seems maybe counterintuitive to categorize it as a risk, but it is. And you know, today we're going to talk about the role that it plays in financial planning. And we're going to mm-hmm. have an honest conversation about how to deal with the problem of living too long. Um, so you know, the death rate for human beings is still hovering around 100%, right, Mike? <laughs> I mean, I think we, we know that number is a pretty, yeah. pretty firm and entrenched. Um, but lifespans are continuing to increase. So let's talk about a couple things first before we get into the risk of living a long time. How, how old is your oldest client? I'm curious. It's really interesting. I brought on my two oldest clients this year. Now, one, not maybe fair, is um, a 93-year-old lady that we helped with a irrevocable funeral trust, which I think is real important to do estate planning. And, and you know, people, ha- she had money in, a, I believe, it's just a savings account for the funeral. I said, well, worst case scenario, if you had to go into the nursing home or you had to spend down that, that's still subject to the spend down rules. But if you put it into an irrevocable funeral trust, it won't be. So she didn't, we're not investing her money, but that was just something we set up uh, for her. 
but uh, we did bring on this year, and I think you know, he's 86 or 87 year old. He might have been 80, might be 87 year old, uh, still investing. He was still working full time. It's amazing. So I've never wow. met met this a gentleman that looked that was so sharp, that looked a lot younger than his age, and he was still working full time. And uh, still had was still funding a 401k in his job and had all these other investments. So um, and still wanted to be in the market. And uh, yes, we did help him and brought him on. So I would say outside of the funeral trust, investment wise, yeah, 86 year, years old, I believe at the time is when he came on board, which is which is crazy. That's impressive. I'm envious a little bit of that of that gentleman. That's pretty cool. Yeah, me too. Um, so you mentioned you've outlived your your father and grandfather already. What's who is the longest living person in your family? Do you know? Yeah, we I mean, we do have longevity on my mom's side, I and mean, the ladies have lived a long time. You know, last summer my grandma, my mom's mom, passed away almost at 97, wow. but her her mom did live to be 102, oh, and wow. and then mom's other grandma. Uh, live to be like 101 too. So um, there is some longevity. So they're the longest uh, living relatives I've actually known and met. And uh, so uh, so there's some good longevity. <laughs> it tends to be in the, on the lady side, but I'll take some of that on my side. <laughs> uh, is the 102 the oldest person that you've known personally, or have you actually known somebody that's older than that? That is the personally, you okay. know, besides what obviously you see on TV, but right. that is personally the, the oldest person I've ever met. And and reality is, mind was all there, sharp, just obviously body just doesn't hold up here at 102 years old, but, you know, uh, just super sharp mind as well um, when I'm thinking about, you know, my, uh, my great grandma. Yeah. Well, I wanted to kind of give you some sense of, the listeners, some sense of kind of the, the age ranges we're talking about now and just kind of you know, some real experiences with older people. And, and we can see that people are living longer and longer. And, you know, 90s is fairly common right now. And even as Mike mentioned, into the hundreds, I mean, probably somebody listening knows or, or knows of someone that lived into the hundreds. So it's becoming something that is very common for people. And a lot of companies even, Mike, are, are putting a lot of money into health and wellness. I think if you've if you ever look for a new job, that's going to be one of the perks on there. You know, it's kind of health and wellness plan and that work-life balance, whatever it is. So longevity is obviously a coveted thing for, for many people, but we're talking about risk. So why can living a long time be considered risky from your perspective? Yeah. And, and another thing, what Medicare is even doing for a lot of these Medicare advantages, they're giving them incentives to go to the gym. So usually gym memberships are free and included in these, a lot of these Medicare Advantage plans too. But yeah, so back to your question is, you know, the risk is obviously the main one is outliving your money. You know, if you're living in your, your 90s, even, you know, late 80s and 90s, and you could be living to 100 is, is you know, you retire at 60, 65, you know, that could be 30, could be 35 years that you have to have your money last. And so that's one of the biggest issues is we, people are running out of money before they're running out of life. And, and we just know that, you know, inflation is another big risk that people are taking because, you know, if you have a pension, a lot of the pensions are flat. They don't have cost of living adjustments. Now, state workers, federal workers, does they do have a small uh, inflation cost of living adjustment on there, but that doesn't keep up with true inflation. You know, we factor inflation um, a little over three, and a lot of these these pensions, if they're government pensions, are maybe one to one and a half percent. And a lot of the pensions, like we work with a lot of 3M uh, clients, they don't have any inflation riders on them. So it looks good, right, in retirement, but now you fast forward, you know, you're 
just say $5,000 a month pension, which is nice, but then you get down 30 years later, 5,000 is, what is that worth then? It might be equivalent to $2,000, you know, based off of, you know, where life will be in, you know, 25, 30 years. So that's a big thing is, is uh, running out of money, the risk of that, uh, cost of living, not keeping up with inflation, healthcare risks, because that can really drain your finances as well. Uh, the longer you live, the more opportunity you have to have some major kind of procedures or med- major medical issues and bills to, to drain your accounts as well. Um, and that's why it's important, I think, to have even you know long-term care insurance. I think that's important. That's one way to not um, drain or or uh, lose your estate value and your you know your assets that you have is one way. But I know it's expensive, but you know we uh, we do recommend for those who can afford it to look into that. Obviously, a lot of things to consider when you think about longevity and, and a lot of things to plan for. You know, if if people knew when they were going to die, Mike, it'd be obviously much much easier to plan for these things. So you know that's what's that's the big challenge. But it's also you know probably a fun part of trying to plan and put together something that's going to work for a long time. But when you have somebody come in, it's the average person, I guess. How how well are they addressing that? option and that, that possibility of, of living a long time and all the challenges that come with it. Is that something people are thinking about very often? Rarely. Rarely are they looking at that. But that's something we, we bring up in our, in our meetings because we want to address that. And we also want to show them, you know, reality is that if you're married, that both of you two are going to live, you know, in your 90s is a very small percentage. I mean, that's just, you know, unfortunate. That's, I mean, it's, it can happen, obviously, but we just want to be more realistic. Let's plan for the worst, hope for the best when we do planning, because when people look at their own retirement finances and plan, they go, well, yeah, we look at, we got a pension, we got social securities, we got these assets. I said, well, but what happens if something happens to one of you? Well, you lose the social security, right? And maybe the pension, half of it goes to the surviving spouse. You know, so there's a lot of things to look at, and when they don't think about that, <laughs> it's great when they're both healthy and alive and, and, and you know, kicking that, you know, your income is really good. But when one is gone, oh boy, you know, now you're, you're at maybe 60% of what you're at. And granted, your expenses will drop, but not by 40%. So they have, we have to address those issues, talk about those realistically, and, um, and, and just we want our clients' money to hopefully last till 100, worst case. And I says, you know, will it last 100? We hope so. But reality is it just gives you an extra buffer. We want you to have some buffer if there's any errors or any unplanned events that pop up that, um, you know, could be, you know, expensive down the line, it's going to give you that extra cushion. So we're trying to get their, our clients money to that mid 90s to 100s. And hopefully, uh, a lot of times, uh, people are in a good situation where actually, they actually have enough money to leave you know, a million or a couple million behind if everything goes in the perfect world, but that's not that's not majority. Yeah, doesn't happen very often. Uh, well, there might be some people listening right now, Mike, that are worried about running out of money. Maybe you're thinking about this, you know, living to ninety or a hundred, and whether or not they'll be able to get that far with what they have right now. Can you think about anybody that came into your office or worked with your team that was afraid of that specific thing, running out of money, and how did you help them? get over that and help them plan things out to, to make sure they were comforted and, and secure in, in their future? It's actually a, a weekly event. I mean, I, oh, wow. you know, I, so, I mean, the two biggest fears for retirees is one, running out of money, and two, they don't want to be a burden to their children. And so, you know, the healthcare risks, and they don't want to actually be living with them and, 
And so those are the two biggest fears for retirees. Those have been the, the two biggest fears for, for a long time. They they want to be able to be independent, take care of themselves, and they don't want to run out of money before they run out of life. And so we're dealing with that constantly now. But reality, has they, have they had a plan put together to see really what that is? Uh, you know, we get some people who retire just because, you know, they said they should be okay, but they don't have a plan in place. But that's where we break it down and actually build a plan to show you when you can actually retire and, and how long will your money last. But I can think of a specific client. Um, this was a couple of years ago, a husband and wife, and he already retired, but worked at a, you know, at a hardware store part-time, just kind of waiting for her to retire. And it was her goal, thought she had to work till 66 um, for retirement age for social security before she could retire. But it was mentally draining, straining on her. And, um, when we put together everything in the plan and I actually said, you know, so-and-so, you don't even have to work till 66. You could retire now, you know, and there, he just lit up like a, you know, like a Christmas tree. He was excited because he's just been waiting for her to be done. He thought she had almost two more years of work left and she didn't have to. And when I was able to show them that they're not going to run out of money, they're gonna be, be just fine. Um, they were able to sell their house and move to their cabin. That was the goal, and he just couldn't wait to do that. That was one of the one of the moments I'll never forget because you know the husband was like a little kid, and he just felt I got my I got my sweetheart back. She can quit working. We can spend time together. We could we could live our retirement dream that we talked about sooner than what he thought was later. And so uh, that's fun. And that's fun when we can show people that. That is a lot of fun. Well, if you have any concerns, you're thinking about, you know, how long you might live and you want to make sure your plan's in place and make sure your plan will last that full time. You don't want to run out of money. Nobody wants to run out of money. That's the, the biggest fear for everyone. Uh, make sure you reach out to Mike and his team at Principal Preservation Services online, principalpreservationservices.com or over the phone, 855-987-8888. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. Now we turn to the mailbag. A couple of questions to close out our show today. The first one comes in from Phoebe. She writes, I have several different paid up life insurance policies on myself, a few on my wife, and a couple on each of my adult children. I funded all these in the years when I was making a lot of money and had extra cash, but now I'm wondering if I have too much of my wealth tied up in life insurance. Is it worth cashing these out and using the money for something else. Well, that's another, you know, maybe. Uh, it all depends on what your, uh, where your other assets are at if, you're, if you need to depend on that. But if they're paid up, I mean, you're, you're not making payments to these anymore. Uh, you, you have some cash value accumulated. Um, we're not opposed to having life insurance in retirement, but we would have to you know, assess your debt. And, you know, if, if debt is all paid off and there's really no big need or we look at pensions and if, um, if there is a pension, will any of it go to your spouse if something happened? If not, the paid up life insurance would be an, a nice benefit. And we kind of look at are the funerals going to be covered through life insurance. But um, if, if we look at the overall picture, and it could be a possibility, yeah, you you might not need to have all that, and you could take the cash value out, or a lot of these you could take uh, loans, you know, interest rate, you know, you know these loans out of there, and just pay back the you know the set interest rate that's on the policy. But it all depends. It's one of those depends questions. But yeah, some people come in really heavily in life insurance, and um, you know it's it's great they're paid up, but you probably don't need to have 
it sounds like you have a lot, so you might not need to have all of that. And the nice thing is you have that. That could be your cushion. That could be like your your emergency place to go to if things do get tight. Um, maybe you don't need to have all those policies. But also you have to look at it could be taxable because you have to look at what the cash you've invested and what the cash is values today. And you could be paying capital gains taxes on some of that. So you have to look at the tax situation as well. All right. How about this question from Millie? I'm 64 years old. I wanted to work until I was 66 or 67, so I was going to get serious about my financial plans in a year or so, but I just can't deal with my mouth-breathing boss anymore. What do I need to do, what do I need to have in place before I can give them my notice and storm out of here? I had a similar uh, situation with a client here a couple of years ago. Um, I just shared you know, about a different client, but here's a gal that was the same thing. She loved her job, but she had a new boss that was mean to her, almost like bullying her wasn't picking on anybody else but her and it was just mentally straining and she wanted to work a lot longer but she's yeah she's like man just show me where we're at and um, I did show her she didn't need to work anymore by putting a plan together and showing what her money their their money was going to look like and just when I showed her that she could retire relieve so much stress from her that what her boss she went back to work and I thought she was going to quit but she's like it was so freeing to know I could retire. She didn't own hold anything on me because her boss thought she had to keep working and thought she was she had to be there for a couple more years. But she goes, just knowing that I could retire anytime and walk out anytime was so freeing that what she was saying and doing to me was really irrelevant and it wasn't sticking like it did before. Uh, but she hung out for another six months and then she quit, but she shocked them all because they didn't think she had the ability to do that already. So it's a possibility. Uh, to do that, just get the plan in place and look at your numbers. Yeah, good luck, Millie. Hopefully, hopefully you can get that worked out as soon as possible so that you don't have to put up with your mouth-breathing boss anymore. Frustrating, yeah. <laughs> but that's also, Mike, a great example of why you need to get ahead on the planning, right? You never start too early because you just never know what's going to happen in your life that might want to force your hand and want re- to retire earlier than you ever expected, like Millie in this case. Exactly. I mean, that's you don't will help people, obviously, wherever they're at, but we recommend start your planning early. And, um, you know, things change, jobs change, coronavirus came and some people got laid off and they're still not back to work. So you want to constantly uh, be updating your plan and, and know what's going on in your plan. Um, uh, so situations like that, they're happening more and more. You wouldn't believe all the stories we're hearing with they love their job. They thought they were going to work a long time, but then things change. They hire this young buck who wants to make changes and plans and do it the hard way or they hired somebody outside of the company, which was not the norm, and they re- they didn't really know the, the culture of the business and the environment, and totally different, and nobody wants to stick around anymore. So um, a lot of we hear a lot of similar type stories, unfortunately, these days. No question. So be prepared for that. Also, be prepared to live a long time, and hopefully you've learned that today on today's episode of the Retirement Reality Podcast, because longevity is a great thing, but it can also create some problems within your financial plan. So Mike, great conversation today. Enjoyed it. Uh, Enjoy spending the time with you. I'm looking forward to talking to you again next week. Yeah, we're going to do another one every week here. So let's keep plugging away. So it's been coming on uh, about a year right now, I believe so. Yeah, unbelievable. But it's been a lot of fun. And hopefully you've enjoyed the journey along the way with us. If you have, make sure you uh, you hit subscribe and uh, you'll have that next one delivered right to you. So looking forward to talking to you on the next episode of the Retirement Reality Podcast with Mike Coyne.
information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.